Well, those are all the announcements that we have. Like I said, you guys are, uh, today, we are, we are in a treat. We're in for a treat. Uh, anytime Pastor Bonnie gets an opportunity to share, I'm always encouraged. Pastor Bonnie uh, is what I would like to call the voice of theological reason within our staff. Uh, oftentimes when we're going back and forth about, oh, what about this? You know, like, we're, I don't know. We're, we're, I guess maybe we've got all these things going on in our minds. Pastor Bonnie could just come in and be like, guys, it's, isn't it really just about this? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. So, so I know that this morning, Pastor Bonnie is going to bring a word before us today that is going to be something that allows for us to walk away out of this place transformed. So would you welcome with me uh, Pastor Bonnie? Testing, testing, one, two. All right, cool. We're on. We are strong today. All right, today we are going to talk about... Finding relief from anxiety. Ooh, right? Um, specifically, how Jesus found relief from his experience with anxiety. All month long, we've been talking about emotions and how Jesus specifically dealt with emotions and how we can follow his example. Last week, Pastor Jamal spoke to us about anger. And he got a little real with us last week, didn't he? He got a little personal. He admitted to us that he struggles to express his anger in a godly way like Jesus did. But he was teaching us, Jesus' example, about how Jesus was angry but did not sin. Instead, in his anger, he really showed love. And so it's my turn now to confess because in the planning phases of this sermon series, originally the way the plan worked out was that Pastor Jamal was supposed to speak about anxiety and I was slotted to speak about anger. And so when I saw that layout, when I saw that plan, I was thinking, oh, good. I dodged that bullet. I, I can, that, how Jesus got angry and said, yeah, that's easy. I could speak to that. But I'm so glad I'm not slated to speak about anxiety because uh, that's, that's too close to home for me. And I do not want to tackle it. Right? And so I did feel a little check in my spirit. Like, you know, we've, we should probably switch because it wasn't like set in stone. But, um, you know, in true uh, anxious person form. I uh, did what many anxious people do um, to cope with that anxiety, and I completely avoided the topic and the situation. And, um, you know, for about a week, I was just like, well, maybe we should switch. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. We'll just leave it as is. I'm not going to stir the pot. But, you know, being the more spiritual one, um, Pastor Jamal, Pastor Jamal being the more spiritual one, he messaged me and he was like, hey, you know, I'm feeling like ang ang anger is more my struggle, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I think maybe we should switch if that's cool with you. And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, you know, thanks. <laughs> I've been uh, thinking about that for about a week now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess we should. I just, it, it's, you know, one of those things. But so here I am speaking about finding relief from anxiety. And, yes, it is a very real thing for me. Um, 
And so in the planning phases of this message, I'm like, all right, Lord, I can speak to this text. That's fine. You know, even though this isn't a topic that hits close to home for me, I can speak to the Bible text. We're going to talk from Mark chapter 14 today, Mark chapter 14. And we're going to talk about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I was like, all right, Lord, this is, this is good. I can handle this scripture passage. I can speak to how Jesus handled anxiety. No problem. No problem. Easy peasy. And so then the Lord was like, but... Um, You've had personal experience with everything that Jesus did and the examples that he showed in scripture and the way he dealt with anxiety. You've had personal experience with that. And the people need to hear your testimony. And I was like, oh, Lord, I know it's a sermon series about emotions, but I really don't want to get emotional. Um, but here we go. Here we go. This is... How Jesus found relief from anxiety, and I'm going to share with you in that, those things how I've also found relief from anxiety. I didn't even know, when I looked at Jesus' example, I didn't even know that the things that Jesus did, I've been doing all my life. And I was like, hey, cool, I'm following Jesus' example, I'm cool, all right, I'm good. But I'm here to tell you today, really, that there are things that work. These are spiritual principles to find relief from anxiety that really are effective. They really do work. I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional counselor. Let me just put that disclaimer out there right now. I'm not here today to say this is going to cure you of your anxiety, right? But this, these are spiritual principles that really do work and are effective if you're looking to find relief from anxiety. So let's look at our text today, Mark chapter 14. And let's stand, if you can stand with me for the reading of God's word. It's just, it's something that just changes our, our, our physical position. As we change our physical position, we're changing the, the position of our hearts and our minds, and we're really focusing on the word of God today. Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 36 says this. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here with me and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Lord, we just ask that you would just bless this word and the reading of this word and the hearing of this word to our hearts today, that you would teach us the truths from your word and help us to apply the truth of your word to our hearts this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this account in Mark's gospel, this account of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, this is a super important event in Jesus' life. How do I know that it's super important? I mean, every event in Jesus' life is important and noteworthy. But this particular event in Jesus' life is one of the super important events in Jesus' life. Because it's found in all four Gospels. Whenever you find something from Jesus' life that's in all four Gospels, pay extra attention. Okay? So Jesus here was battling anxiety. And you're thinking to yourself, really? Was he battling anxiety? I mean, isn't like... Isn't anxiety like, like worry? Isn't that kind of like, isn't worry kind of like not trusting God? Isn't that kind of like a sin? 
Jesus never sinned, so how could he really be anxious? I don't, I don't know about that, right? Well, let me, let me tell you for a minute. Anxiety is like fear. It's one of those emotions that's a pure, natural, human emotion. However, the way we deal with it, just like how we deal with anger can lead to sin, how we deal with anxiety and how we express anxiety can lead us into avenues of sin. But in its purest form, anxiety is simply this. It is a natural human response to impending danger or trauma. It's that fight or flight response that we all experience as human beings. It alerts us to potential threats so that we can be at a heightened state of awareness in order to respond to those threats in appropriate and life-saving ways. So anxiety is kind of a good thing. And you're like, what? <laughs> right? But depending on how we respond to it and how we deal with anxiety, anxiety can become sinful in the avenues of we let worry take over, right? We let our flesh take over and we don't allow God to control the situation. We don't trust God, right? Those things can become sin if we deal with anxiety in those ways. And also, anxiety is a very complex emotion because anxiety can become something that's not a pure human emotion. Anxiety can become a disorder when there are negative experiences or trauma that you experience in your life, those experiences can rewire the anxious wires and, and neurons and whatever in your brain. They can rewire those responses to make you believe that a situation is dangerous and life-threatening when it's really not because of prior trauma. So here, Jesus is experiencing that pure human fight-or-flight human response, that anxiety emotion. And so how does he respond to his anxiety? What did Jesus do in his anxiety? Well, we see here that in his anxious feeling, Jesus did a lot of talking. In his anxiety... Jesus talked back. He talked out loud. He spoke through his anxiety. Specifically, Jesus did three things. He talked in three different ways. Okay? So the first thing we're going to look at today is that Jesus talked to his friends. In his anxiety, Jesus talked to his friends. We see in the first few verses of Mark chapter 14 that Jesus is with his large group. Right? Jesus is with the large group of disciples. But then, as the anxious feelings are rising up, he takes his small group aside. He takes those friends that he trusts the most, those intimate and close friends with him. He takes Peter, James, and John with him. And as he's beginning to let those anxious feelings show, right? We don't let our anxious feelings out if we can help it with just anybody, do we? But when we are with close friends or those family or people that we trust, we let those feelings show. And then he said to them, he spoke to his friends, and he said, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here with me and keep watch. What was he saying to them? He was saying, Guys, listen, 
he's thinking about all the things he's going to face, right? He's thinking about his arrest. He's thinking about the torture that he's going to have to endure. He's fully God, so he knows everything that's coming. He's thinking about, you know, the dying a most humiliating and painful death, the most humiliating and painful death you could possibly endure on the cross. He was thinking about all these things, and as, the, as you know, if you have an anxious mind, anxiety will replay and replay and replay and replay and, and, and replay those things and those circumstances and those impending dangers over and over in your mind. And so I imagine that Jesus was thinking about all these things, and so he's taking his friends aside and he's saying, guys, listen, this is how I'm feeling, and I need you. I need you guys here with me. One of the biggest reasons why anxiety can take over is because we are lacking community. In our anxiety, and especially if you suffer from anxiety disorder, Anxiety wants to keep you isolated because of fear and because of shame. Especially in the last year and a half, we have been so isolated. It's no wonder that anxiety has risen 25% among the human population. Anxiety will become greater when we are lacking community. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says this, Praise be to the God, our Father, Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that what? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. We need community. When your soul is overwhelmed, talk to a friend. Now this point is actually the first thing that Jesus did, but for me in dealing with my anxiety, it's actually number three on my um, priority list because, um, you know, I, the thing that Jesus does last is actually the thing I think is the best and, and my number one priority. But I'm here to tell you today that I have learned that when anxiety creeps in, it is not good to keep it in. When anxiety creeps in, you need to talk it out. If you don't have someone to talk to, if you don't have a friend or a family member that you trust, or if your anxiety is severe and you need to talk to a professional, listen, I've been there, I've done that, it's good, it's not a bad thing. But I have a best friend who is there for me at all times of the day or night to talk to. When my anxious brain gets going and I need to talk those feelings out, they are there for me, especially at those, that 3 a.m. hour where it seems like anxiety is the most prevalent in my mind. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, Jesus, her best friend. Like, you know, she's going to be all spiritual and say, Jesus, her best friend. He's there at all hours of the day or night. Oh, yeah, okay, yes. But, no, I'm talking about my best friend forever here on earth, my husband, is there for me. He is so good. I can wake, listen, unlike Jesus' friends, he doesn't sleep. He will wake up at 3 a.m. if I need him to, if my anxious brain is going. He will wake up and hear me and listen to me. He will speak rational thought. He will speak logic to my crazy brain, right? And, 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 and it calms me. And I trust him with those feelings. And I thank God that, you know, God puts people in our lives and he surrounds us with people that we can trust. And they're important to us 
that we can talk to and we can speak to in our anxiety. We can speak to about our feelings that we trust, and they can comfort us with the same comfort they receive from God. God can work through them, even if they haven't received the same comfort. God can still work through others to speak into our lives and to give us what we need in that moment. So Jesus uh, talked to his friends. The second thing that Jesus did was Jesus talked to his father. Now, we said that anxiety is a human alert system to danger, right? That's in the, in the natural, pure physical form. Anxiety is that emotion that alerts us to danger. But in the spiritual realm, right, in the spiritual sense, anxiety is our spiritual alert system. Anxiety is our signal to pray. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Anxiety is our spiritual alert system to begin praying. And we see Jesus doing that very thing here. He talks to his father. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Now, this wasn't a recited prayer. This wasn't one of those things like, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and when I, and if I die, when I wake up. And it wasn't one of those things that, like, it's just like the mindless, you know, prayer that you can just pray to, like, think that you're going to, you know, feel better or whatever. This was, this was his, his, the depths of his soul, his true feelings. Everything that was in the deepest, darkest part of him was coming up, and he was being true, and he was being real, and he was being honest before his father. Because he knew that he could. He knew that it was okay. He knew that it was the safest place to be. And he knew that he needed to get his feelings out before his father. Because his father was there to listen to him. And to hear him. And to be there with him. Have you ever faced a situation where all you could do was just cry out from the depths of your soul to God? Have you ever faced a situation where maybe... Literally, all you could do was just pray the name of Jesus and just invite his presence because you didn't have the words to pray. Or maybe you started just praying from the depths of your soul in, in your spirit because you were just so anxious and you just could not find any other way to deal with that anxious feeling but just to continue to let those feelings surface before the Lord and just continue to pray and pray and pray before the Lord. Well, I had a very anxiety-inducing, well, I have a, I've had a lot of anxiety-inducing experiences in my life, but I mean, I had one of the most anxiety-inducing experiences in my life about two-ish, a little over two years ago, um, when I had to step on a helicopter. Now, I am not, in any sense of the, way, of the form of the word, any sense of anything, I am not at all a thrill seeker. I, I do not like any, I don't even like the merry-go-round really in, in amusement parks. Like I'm not, like I'm not a motion person. I'm not a roller coaster person. I, I am deathly afraid of heights. When we were in vacation a long time ago in North Carolina, we um, climbed this uh, chimney rock, it's called it. Like it's a mountain that overhangs everything. And, and as we were getting higher and higher, I mean, my legs were literally shaking from anxiety. Like I could not, I did not think I was going to make it all the way up. I am deathly afraid of heights. 
But about a little over two years ago, I had to step on a helicopter because my youngest daughter, Natalie, was being medevaced to North Jersey, to a hospital in North Jersey because she suffered burns. And so not only is my child in trauma, but now I am in trauma because I am stepping on this helicopter. This is my worst fear, right? I'm having to take a helicopter ride. I don't even know where or how long or whatever. And I've got a 360 view of thousands of feet below me. I mean, I didn't really even see much because my eyes were closed tight as tight could be. I was white knuckling. My fists were closed super tight. And all I could do was just cry out to God from the depths of my spirit. And it was like, it was a Hannah situation. It was a Hannah prayer situation. You know, you know Hannah in the Bible when she prayed, when she was in the temple and she prayed and Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk because her mouth was moving, but no sound was coming out. That is exactly what I was doing on that helicopter. And the helicopter driver or the pilot was like, Every so often, like, you okay? You okay? You okay? <laughs> because my mouth was moving, and my fists were clenched, and my eyes were tight shut, and I was just like, my mouth, and I don't even know, I mean, half the, I don't even know what I was saying. I was just, I, I don't even know. My mouth was moving, and I was praying, and, and I was just crying out to God in my anxiety and in my anxious moment. And God got me there. I didn't die, so, you know. Um, but when we are in those moments where we don't know what else to do, we can cry out to our Father. He is always there. And from the depths of our soul, we can begin to pray. And when you don't know how to pray, the scripture says that the, the, the Spirit will intercede for us. He will intercede for us and he will pray through us. But, you, but don't keep that in. Don't bottle up the anxiety. Don't, fake, don't try to sit there and figure out how you can deal with it or how you can control it or how you can manage it because you can't. All you can do is talk it out. Talk to someone you trust. Talk to the Father. And the third thing that we see Jesus doing in his anxiety is he talked to his feelings about his faith. Now, I said this before. This is my number one priority. This has been my number one priority in my life. And you say to yourself, well, you know what? I'm looking at the scripture. Where does Jesus actually talk to his feelings about his faith? Jesus ends his prayer to, the, to God and he says, yet not what I will, but what you will. What is Jesus saying here? Jesus is here and he's saying, listen, listen, Lord, listen, Father, I feel like this is something that I don't want to do. My feelings are telling me that this is something that I don't want to do, but I know that it needs to be done. So I'm speaking your will to my feelings, Lord. Not my will, not the way I feel, but the truth of your will and your way needs to be applied to my feelings. His divine power has given us everything we need, for 2 Peter 1.3 says, for godly life through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Did you know that God has already given us everything we need? God has already given us everything we need, and it is right here in his word. 
This word spoken to us, this word written to us, this word left behind for us is everything we need for life and for godliness. But we need to know it. If we don't know it, if we don't have a knowledge of him from the word, then we don't have it to speak to our feelings. We need to speak the truth of God's will from his word to our feelings. That is how you are going to find relief from anxiety. I put in my notes here to... um, Slow down, <laughs> take time. This is, this is where it might get a little emotional. Because see, this, this principle is my number one priority because it's something I've been doing literally all my life. When I say all my life, I mean all my life. Like since the first memory that I have, since I was a kid, I have been applying God's word to my anxiety and finding relief from the truth of God's word applied to the lies that my feelings try to tell me. Has anybody here, does anybody here have, have feelings that, that try to speak to them and lie to them? Does anybody here have strong feelings that, that don't speak the truth to you? Well, when I was a little girl, when I was in kindergarten, um, I had a negative experience in school. If you're joining us online and you are eating breakfast right now, I suggest that maybe you put that food aside because it might get a little gross for a second. But um, I'm sure, you know, this has happened to, I'm sure this happens to a lot of kids in school where I was in kindergarten, I was sitting at the table, I think we were like resting or nap time or something and I didn't feel well and I threw up all over like all like I, I can I, it's a clear memory in my mind to this day because it was I mean it was, it was messy it was surprising it was embarrassing it was humiliating it was traumatic um, I had to go home dressed in my art smock because you know I was I just was a mess from being sick and that experience that negative experience rewired those anxiety signals in my brain to tell me that now going to school was always going to be a traumatic and troubling experience. And so through my early years of elementary school, I would resist going to school. And not only that, but I would get sick because my anxiety would rise up so much that I would literally make myself sick. And then because I made myself sick, well, now I'm going to be sick at school. And now, you know, so like it's like that that vicious anxiety cycle that like you're not feeling good. And so that's the trigger for the anxiety that I'm going to be sick in school. And so that's going to be traumatic and embarrassing. And then because it's going to be traumatic and embarrassing, I'm thinking these things and it's going to happen. And I know it's going to happen. And so that I'm making myself sick. And then so I'm feeling even sicker. And so now I'm feeling even sicker. And I definitely know want to go and like God puts people in our lives to speak comfort with the same comfort they have received my mother in her wisdom realized that I was going through anxiety because she goes through anxiety herself she knows what anxiety looks like and so she taught me this important spiritual principle of applying God's word 
to your anxiety, of applying God's truth to those anxious feelings. In the front of you, in the front pews, you will see little papers sticking out. And I don't know if you, you know, if it bothered you that it was like all messy there, right, this morning, but because <laughs> they're not normally there. But those are little scripture verses. Actually, it's just one scripture verse, and it's repeated all throughout. So you could take that home, put it in your Bible. If you want a memory of today's sermon, you could pull it out and look at it right now. But that is the scripture verse that I first learned to apply to my anxiety, Psalm 2911. God gives strength to his people. God blesses his people with peace. And that scripture verse was given to me by my mother on a little strip of white paper just like that. And I would palm that in my hand going to school every morning for year after years after years. And I would say that scripture verse to myself out loud so many mornings. I would speak that scripture to my anxious feelings. And it calmed me. And it brought me peace because I knew it was truth. Were days still hard? Sure. Did I never have a traumatic school experience again? No. (laughs) But I learned a very important truth in those early years. I learned that the truth of God's word trumps anything that my feelings try to tell me. The truth of God's word trumps anything that your feelings will try to tell you. See, I also learned something very important too back then, and only recently have I been able to really put this into words, but when my grandfather was here recently visiting with us, um, he heard I was speaking about anxiety, and so he wanted to share with me a blog post that he was writing because he also um, has experience with anxiety. And so he was telling me how there was one, or he was reading to me how um, in his experience there was a time where a counselor was telling him that his anxiety was because he did not trust himself or his higher power. And so he was talking about that concept of trust, and I was thinking about that. And I realized something very profound about anxiety. See, I realize that when anxious feelings arise, it's really because we are looking to ourselves to be capable and able to deal with whatever we need to face. When we are feeling anxious about something that we are facing, it is because we are looking to ourselves to be capable or able to be able to handle a situation successfully. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, I thought, you know what? That's right. That's true. That's kind of, that's, that is what we do. But that's not the truth. Because the truth is that we don't have to be capable because God is. We don't have to be able because God is. When Jesus was in the garden and he was going through his anxious feelings and he was experiencing that human emotion, that anxiety that told him in his flesh that he was not going to be able to face what he had to face, he then realized and applied God's will to his feelings and he realized, you know what? In my flesh, I don't have to be able. In my flesh, I don't have to be capable because the divine power of God in me is able because the divine power of God in me is fully capable and that is all I need to trust see Jesus committed his way fully to the Lord because he knew his flesh wasn't capable but the divine in him is what did Jesus 
pray, he said, what you will. Even when Jesus was on the cross in Luke 23, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And that is what we need to do. In our anxious feelings, when anxiety is rising up within us, commit your way to the Lord. Whatever you do, whatever you're facing, commit it to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Not your plans, not your will, not your way. That's not what this verse is saying. It's not like, well, God, here's what I think should happen in the way that I'm, in the thing that I'm facing right now. And so do it, please. No. But it's, Lord, here's what I'm facing. And I fully trust that the divine in me, that your presence in me and with me is fully capable to be successful in whatever that you're calling me to do. So in your anxiety, talk to a friend. Talk to God. Talk to your feelings about your faith. The response today is simple. In a minute, I'm going to play a worship song as we close. If, and I'm, going to, I'm not going to close in prayer. I'm not going to do a closing, a, a, a typical closing like we normally do, and a formal dismissal. But in a minute, I'm going to play a song because we can't have a message about talking to our feelings and talking to a friend and talking to God without actually doing it. So I'm going to play a worship song. And this worship song says, in one of the parts, it says, when I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. If you don't talk about your anxiety to someone, if you don't talk to your anxiety you're not going to find relief. So in a minute, I'm going to play this worship song, and I just invite you right now, where you are in your seat, come to the altar. If there's a person in the room that you trust that you just feel like, you know what, I really need to just go talk, take this person aside and go talk to them about how I've been feeling. They might have some comfort for me today. Or maybe you just feel like, you know what, Lord, I need to talk to you about this thing I'm facing. I want to come to the altar and speak to you about that. Or maybe you want to just open up, there's Bibles right in the pew, or you have your Bible with you, or your Bible app, and you just want to open up your scripture and just really meditate on the word of God and talk to your feelings about the truth of the word of God today. But we're going to do that today for a few minutes. We're just going to take a few moments today. And as we listen to this worship song, we are just going to apply God's word to our lives in these last few moments. So no formal dismissal. If you need to get up and leave, you know, as the Spirit leads, um, feel free to do so. But let's just spend some time in God's presence today as we close. tried so hard to see it, it took me so long to believe it, but you choose someone